0: Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good afternoon, folks. This is Dave Thompson. I am live with you once again. It is a Tuesday afternoon. I don't know. Who's keeping up with the dates? We're all just staying at home and one day runs into another these days, doesn't it? Well, you know what, folks? It's April the 7th. It is just shortly before one o'clock in the afternoon. And you know what? I I look at my dashboard here and I want to say who's on the line in front of me, but it's not. Uh, You know, it's Sean DeVore with Mannington Mills. He's been with us before. But when i look at my dashboard sean it says johnny rocket and i just want to say johnny rocket welcome to the show well i appreciate that i can't figure out how to change that so so, so if i my if, if, my if, if if i just call you johnny rocket you'll know what i'm ta- what i'm saying then right oh yeah know that's my alter ego i know exactly who that is okay folks uh, it's uh you know a tuesday afternoon uh, you know what we talk about? Infection prevention, COVID nineteen, disinfectants. Uh, I mean, all of that kind of stuff. So, Sean, what are we going to talk about this afternoon? I think
1: a good way, good thing to cover today would. One of the things I like to cover is the new way that we're doing business. Go for it. Well, we've got this new app that everybody seems to be crazy about called zoom and everybody—it's not new. It's not new. It's new to me.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, we need to clarify that. You know, I've been doing zoom remote learning classes for three years and it's like you're saying everybody thinks it's new.
1: Yeah. Everybody thinks it's brand new and I've had several meetings with clients with it. Um, We're exercising the ability to use more conference calls now and webinars. I've offered learning CEU webinars to my clients uh, so that we can present PowerPoints over webinars so the designers can get their uh, continuing education uh, credits. It's just a completely new way of doing business. Um, And I found that I'm being a little more reactive than I have been proactive because I'm
0: kind of having to learn this as I go. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that's one of the interesting things. I was talking with Daryl Hicks early this morning and he said, you know, I I can't believe that six years ago you told me what we needed to be doing and you've been preparing for it. And he says, and here we are today. Uh, So as you're learning this, Sean, are you going to go back to the old way? Um,
1: I think I'm going to offer this as a a second way of reaching people that are maybe further away in my territory, maybe in Savannah or uh, Albany, Georgia, those places that are three hours away from me, that might be a way to reach them instead of every eight to 10 weeks getting there physically, I can still do that. But also in between, I can offer these opportunities these webinars to do CEUs and stuff I think it's a great opportunity to to reach people on a more frequent basis.
0: Okay so now you're talking about doing it in a webinar format Uh, what we do here at the academy is we actually do it as an interactive class Um, are you still are you you doing it that way are you doing in a true webinar format? The
1: ones I'm doing now is in a true webinar format I have not the company we've had, we're going to have a Zoom call tomorrow morning with my immediate uh, general sales manager in the southeast team, and I we've had one call like that. It was interesting. You can see everyone's face; they can interact. Um, I haven't done a CEU class like that. Um, I think that would be very interesting to do and very interactive.
0: Well, I'll, you know, Sean, uh, last Thursday. We had 53 people on a Zoom class. We had people from all the way from uh, Quebec, British Columbia, the four corners of the continental United States. Uh, Quite an interesting day. Seven hours.
1: Wow. That's a long time.
0: Well, interesting that you wanted to talk about this because uh, here at the Academy, we have an ISSA master's course that we conduct about six times a year. And actually this week is when it was scheduled. And of course, we did not do that. The people that had um, registered, we contacted them. They said, no, we don't really want to sit in front of the the computer for uh, six to seven hours a day for four days straight. But since they said no, we've had about six calls wanting to know when we're going to do it through remote learning, like what you're talking about.
1: So the through the webinar or through the Zoom?
0: Well, through Zoom, but doing it yeah. as the interactive class instead of a webinar format. Right. So I think that's the thing. As people are learning, um, you know, Zoom is simply a platform that can be used in various different ways. Right. I just haven't
1: learned those different ways. That's the thing I've got to delve into.
0: Well, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's I, I would imagine, Sean, you're probably one of hundreds of people that are doing feeling the same way. Oh, I'm sure.
1: We've had a lot of creative salespeople across the country uh, posting YouTube videos or different ways to reach out to their clients, uh, showing our new express quick ship program and um, our new offerings. We're doing some special things for medical facilities that are looking for flooring for temporary outdoor parking lot spaces. We've got uh, seconds and overruns at the plant in Salem, New Jersey. So all these things are being put out there on the web in order to try to reach new clients or possible clients to help them out. it's just a, been a very quick learning curve on how to respond as a salesperson.
0: I think you are absolutely correct there, Sean. Uh, the, the, the speed of which business is adapting. Um, and, 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 and you know what? I, I've heard some people go, oh, gosh, we're making mistakes. You, you can't go at this speed of change and not make a mistake.
1: Well, my my belief always too I'm in sales. So if you're not making mistakes or causing problems or breaking glass, you're not selling anything.
0: Well, so so the thing is is you don't know the uh, outer edges of the box if you don't break the if you don't go outside the box every once in a while?
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got to go outside the box. You've got to upset somebody or go outside the normal, you know, chain of command in order to learn something or do something and that tends to upset people sometimes.
0: Well, so the new norm is using technology, if you will. Um, maybe the um, Gen Ys weren't so far off here?
1: Yeah, definitely people that are plugged into their phone all the time or plugged into some type of new apps. Um, you know, my son-in-law is very adapted uh IT, that's his, that's his game. That's his, the company he works for is, you know, very um, leading edge on IT specialties. And that's somewhere that I think that a lot of us are, I'm kind of in between, you know, I'm 52 years old. Um, The first computer I had in high school was a TRS-80. And it had the keyboard and the, and the screen attached all at one, you know, and then we've learned a little bit about email and we learned a little bit about <coughs> excuse me about the internet and the and the web that was all developed you know while I was you know growing up and coming through the business cycle in the 80s and there's a lot of people behind me that have a lot more knowledge uh, even though they're younger because they've just seen it all and they've been equipped with it since they were in elementary school
0: well, that's the only world that they, that they grew up in, Sean. You and yes. I had to, to learn it as we grew up and then figure it out. You know, uh, I think that's the interesting thing here is as we run the academy, we've had to move past those things in order to reach the masses, if you will. So uh, I feel very fortunate that uh, Jim Supply here has given us the ability to move forward and be ready for this. We've just kind of said, okay, we're here, and all we did was have to ramp up. We were ready, Uh, but as you said, many people have found that's not true. I I did want to ask, though. You mentioned something interesting. So when it comes to flooring, you're doing some unique things. I just think I heard you mention. Tell me a little bit.
1: Well, we've got a program right now, Mannington has, that we're offering special discounted cost on flooring finished goods as that's first quality as well as seconds or products that we would not normally sell as finished goods uh, to these temporary hospitals around the country that's being built in parking lots, staging areas, triage areas. We've offered that to all of our healthcare customers at a discounted rate in order to move it quickly and get it installed quickly. We've even talked about doing some installations with uh, you know, tape in the seams instead of because we may be working on a parking lot. Uh, those are some things that we've, we've offered to the community. I personally have not had any uh, interaction with anybody here locally yet. I uh, want to do it in my territory, but some of the other people in the larger cities have.
0: So whenever they're talking about that, Sean, are we talking hard floor or soft floor?
1: It's, it's definitely 12-foot wide sheet goods because it goes in quickly and can be laid out over most any surface for a temporary floor.
0: You know, that's something that, you know, I think a lot of people would never really think about. You do see on the news the temporary facilities going up, but you really don't think about what it takes to put those together.
1: Yeah, it's a complete package. I mean, I think lots, some of them are using the interlocking uh, raised tiles like you'd see in a garage. Uh, but if you have to have an um, emergency ER, there's some of these quick ERs. I saw an uh, ad put up by one of my customers on LinkedIn the other day, uh, she does dirt floors, which is a mobile uh, wall system, dirt walls, not floors, dirt walls. And they, they had built, actually designed a cubicle that was a single room cubicle that was mobile, that you could put up in these, these tents that was secured with plexiglass and had a door on it. And it was all one unit.
0: And so then your 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 sheet flooring um, uh, is that uh, going to be rubber or or what 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 type of floor?
1: It would be sheet vinyl.
0: Sheet vinyl. Yeah,
1: heter- heterogeneous sheet vinyl. So a printed sheet vinyl, because it's twelve. Foot, <coughs> excuse me, twelve foot wide is able to be rolled out really quickly and installed quickly
0: now on a floor like that uh, are you know, whenever you're talking emergency er in a, in a portable situation like that are these floors antimicrobial i mean this is what you hear everybody asking you know every time i get a chat you know that everybody's wanting to antimicrobial or you know impregnated with a disinfectant what are we talking here
1: no they're just a there's they're what we would not typically use in an or they're what we would use in a typical exam room or doctor's office type area in a hospital they're not antimicrobial they're printed with multiple layers but in this emergency situation they would be more than applicable and they can be cleaned with uh, you know 2% solution of bleach <coughs> bleach that kills most anything anyway so um, I that, that's that would be fine for this environment
0: well, you know, and, and you you know, you don't think about this, but you know, we're in facility maintenance, and if as you said, you know, they put up these outdoor tents. Uh, um, well, they're not triage at this point outside, but no. they're, you know, they're emergency uh, care areas. You know, I was seeing um, one that, uh, um, what was it, one of the big uh, arenas, the uh, uh, indoor arena or uh, auditorium, was being turned into you know, uh, patient rooms and stuff. Um, you know, so they're going in and putting in all of this. I never really thought about the flooring material, but I did think about, you know, the you know, our people still have to go in and take care and maintain those areas.
1: Yeah. They all have to be wiped down and cleaned, um, either prior to the patient and after a patient has moved on to a different level if they moved up into ICU or if they've been cured and, or tested and moved on. But even if someone comes in off the street and just gets tested, they have to wipe the entire area down again.
0: So what are some of the other unique issues that, that, that doing businesses, you know, uh, you know, as, as we say, uh, we've got to take care of the floors. Uh, you know, that was a type of floor. Any other unique things happening?
1: I think uh, one of the things I'm dealing with also is multiple samples. I've got designers that that would normally be working together in one office with one table looking at one set of samples. I got an order yesterday from a large healthcare design firm that I had to send samples to one designer at her house, and then I sent the same set to the other designer at her house.
0: So Ah. they can
1: talk about them over a meeting and be able to look at the same thing. So my sample cost is going up.
0: So in one way, the cost of business is going up, but you're not traveling. So cost of business that way is going down?
1: Correct. I'm not spending, you know, $50 a day in fuel like I normally do driving. So,
0: so, so do you feel that this is a trade-off, Sean, um, uh, of doing things? I mean, to look at, as we were saying, what, what we're going to say will be our new norm going out. Do you think this is uh, a balancing act? I mean, of course, it's only been, what, two or three weeks?
1: Yeah, it's a balancing act. I think if we, if like President Trump is saying, if we can start getting some key areas of the country back up and running, you know, I also heard another on a uh, newscast this morning. You know, you can't treat Bozeman, Montana, the same you treat New York City. So I think as we evolve and see that we some of these outlying areas where we don't have the population density, maybe we can kind of get things moving again and forward to bring the, uh, the the country back up to speed is going to be the way we go. Otherwise, you know, this way of doing business is going to get very difficult for a lot of people. And, and I'm fortunate in the fact that I can do my business. Some of the people that – and I can do it remotely – most of the people that you and I talk about monthly, the people that actually clean and take care of these facilities, they have to go to work every day and clean them and take care of them. And they're possibly exposed to, to this virus that's out there.
0: Well, you bring up a good point, Sean, and, and we just sent out an email uh, to you know some 120 clients this, uh, this morning that you know as you go back into the facilities, whenever that is, you must treat that as an infected facility now because you don't know if the persons that last was in there were infected. And what we're teaching is actually, you know, is this not COVID that we're talking about? We needed to be looking at this long before now. The flu is just as viral every year as COVID is. COVID's right now the thing, but the flu kills 2,000 people a week. So, we should have been doing these protocols and looking at this long before. And you're right. They are the first responders that are going in when everybody else has left. Yeah. I mean,
1: my wife's a nurse and, and everybody's sent her well wishes and, you know, caring thoughts about having to go to work every day. But, you know, I, I asked her the other day, I said, is the maintenance guy there at the hospital as well? She goes, yeah, he's there. They're there cleaning all the time. And I, those are just as important as the nurses and the doctors because they're cleaning the surfaces and taking care of what what's there. And, and, and you're exactly right. I think that we, this is going to bring an awareness to everybody that you can be a lot more careful and keep yourself from being sick. I'm not a germaphobe, but I am very careful because I shake a lot of people's hands and I touch a lot of different things throughout the day. So I've always kept hand sanitizer in my truck and I try to, you know wipe off my key fob and my steering wheel and my hands every time i get back in the truck or at least twice a day normally um so that is going to definitely change my behavior because i'm in i'm in a different hospital two or three times a week calling on clients and and i get down on the floor and actually look at the floor and sometimes touch the floor when i'm in these hospitals
0: so, so you're 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 even your human behavior, and, and like you said, I don't know what now is going to be the new norm for a germaphobe, or right, <laughs> you know, right. uh, being aware. Does that mean you're a germaphobe because you're aware and you do something? I mean, uh, th- all of these terms and and what our norms have been is going to be changed. But you are right; human behavior is going to change at all levels.
1: Well, I had a, I heard a doctor uh, the other day, interestingly make mention of this he said if you want to imagine what it's like when you're passing a microbe around on your hand and when you touch things and people wearing masks imagine that you before you leave for work you stick your hand in yellow mustard your whole hand down in the jar and you get yellow mustard on it everything you touch gets yellow mustard on it and that's like the possibility of passing a microbe around so you have to be conscious." if you're wearing, <coughs> wearing gloves or if you're touching things and then you want to touch your face, um, I think the mask that people are talking about wearing does more to protect you from yourself, from your hands touching something, and then you touching your face. And I, that's, it's just human behavior that's going to change, like you mentioned.
0: Your wife being a nurse, um, are you concerned when she comes home? I am.
1: I actually ask her to uh, disrobe her scrubs uh, at the laundry room, and I pretty much wash them on a regular basis. Since I'm here, I've got. I'm more apt to be running the washing machine or cooking dinner now because I'm I'm here at the house. But sure, uh, right? Yeah, but I ask her to uh, drop. Don't drop them in the bedroom. Drop them at the laundry room, and then I'll pick them in there and. And then I wash them and wash my hands after I touch them.
0: And and you sanitize the 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 washing machine and the floor where she where she dropped them.
1: I haven't, but now I'm going to have to, Dave, because you mentioned it.
0: <laughs> but see, this is the whole thing, Sean. Yeah, when exactly. you when and and back to your mustard thing.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so right. so the thing is, should she take them off and put them directly in the tub?
1: Yeah, or put them in some kind of vessel outside, just undress outside and, and then come in.
0: So you're, 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 you're explaining something. The reason I wanted I I didn't know we were going to go here, but folks, it's a live show. And uh, I, I mean, I thought we were just going to talk about floors, but here we are. We're back to it again because it is changing our behavior. And I think this is what I, I was, uh, when I, we did our class last week, it became very evident to me, Sean, that the people that we're talking about that are the first responders in the prevention of the spread uh, in these facilities do not know proper protocol for donning and doffing PPE. And so what we've done is we've written into the next class that's going to be this coming Saturday, we've written more extensive policies and procedures on that for these frontline people because as you just said, if you've gone into a facility and you have this PPE on, which is what the clothing is for, for her, here her are scrubs. Right. Okay. There's a proper way to take those off and to use those. And, and you know, what's interesting is your behavior has changed because now you're the one taking care of her.
1: Yeah. When she comes home and I, the other thing we, um, you know, we discuss is her shoes. Uh-huh. You know, it's because she's got, she's came out of the hospital. Right. She's walked around today in the hospital. Then she got in the vehicle she drove home. Then she got out of the vehicle, walked through the yard and came into the house wearing the same shoes. We discussed her maybe possibly bagging those shoes when she comes out of the hospital before she even gets in the truck.
0: So should she should, you know, so this is the thing. Should those shoes stay in the hospital and she comes... Right home in a pair of, of slippers or other shoes that never go into the hospital other than into her locker. Uh, you know, right. These are the conversations that are going to change our human behavior later. Sean.
1: Completely. I mean, completely when you're talking about a global pandemic, it's a, it affects all human beings. Possibly. Sure.
0: So now what you just talked about, I'm going to go back to floors cause you led me back to it yeah Ch- shoes transport and, and we 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 know this ninety percent of the contaminants that go into a building and so I had a person that talked about uh, they wanted protocol on decontaminating carpet hmm because of exactly what you and I were talked about. They had been to the class last week. They heard everything we talked about. Now we weren't getting into specifics like this, but her question after the class was now that I know more about infectious pathogens, and we're not talking just COVID, all infectious pathogens, and the way they transfer, now she's questioning her practices as to what do I do with carpet now?
1: Well, that goes back to the age-old question you and I talked about one time. I think on the first or the second call we did was um, about how understanding how that particular pathogen transmits itself on hard surface versus carpet. Carpet, it wiggles its way down into the bottom of the carpet and kind of stays there. Never rises above a foot, even when trafficked on. Whereas hard surface, it can just lay there on top of it and gets moved around a lot easier. And if this is an airborne pathogen, it's possibly that it could be kicked up in the air as high as six foot.
0: Well, and Sean, I don't, I don't think you and I have talked about this because we mainly talk floor surfaces with you because right. you're with Mannington. However, we have been instructing people what they did not know is that when you're talking about this back to your airborne issue is that you wipe a surface in one direction. You do not do it in a circular direction because if you do this in a circular movement, you have the ability to updraft the, the infectious agent back into the air. And I think this is what you're talking about. Now we talked about earlier carpet holds it, but now at some point if you take those shoes off and walk across carpet, now what are you doing? You're contaminating your socks or your bare feet. Maybe,
1: but you have to assume that you are.
0: So one of the things that I told her is that what we now have to do is what I've been preaching for decades is that upright vacuums only clean a minimum of the top one third. And what you just said is all of this pathogen gets pushed down into the material. So what I said is before you use any cleaning liquid cleaning agent, you have to remove the dry soils. And to my knowledge, in my 45 years, the best that I have found is dual brush units, either with or without a vacuum, that remove the dry soil before you use cleaning agents. It's not just go and dump disinfectants or sanitizers on a dirty carpet. Right.
1: Yeah, you can't just spray something on and leave it and expect it to work.
0: So the challenges of, uh, of the two flooring materials changes, but the benefits change. So which one's better was her question.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's, until testing's done or some kind of documentation's created because of a, a live test, there's no way of knowing which one's better at the moment.
0: So you deal with a lot of hospitals. Are hospitals removing carpeted surfaces for the reasons we're talking and going to vinyl, electric vinyl and other floors or what, what, what's happening? Is there any new conversations now?
1: Hospitals moving away from carpet, um, not so much for pathogens. Every hospital is different. But the main reason we've, the manufacturers, we've been able to develop these hard surfaces that don't require wax or finish so if you have that and you don't have a soft surface if you have a soft surface rather it don't no matter what you spend on the carpet if you spend fifty dollars a yard to install it or if you spend twenty dollars a yard the carpet's still going to stain or show a, a mark when someone spills something on it until it gets cleaned and a lot of times it doesn't get cleaned and a, <clears throat> a quick in a quick fashion because these people that work in the hospitals are stretched and they they got a lot of square footage to clean. So what the hospitals have found is the hard surface that doesn't require finish is a lot easier to maintain. If something gets spilled on it, somebody is a lot, they're more active. The person working in that space is more apt, apt to call janitorial services and have them come clean it up because it's the Coca-Cola. You can see it laying there on the floor and it, somebody could slip in it. So they'll call somebody immediately to clean it, and then the daily maintenance is faster, uh, doesn't require as much work as, as like you said, a pile lifter and our vac or high performance vacuum would require to vacuum and then dry chemical clean or hot water extract. All that costs time and money, and these places don't have that. So yes, they're all going away from carpet everywhere
0: so so from a manufacturer's viewpoint you're working with these new designers that you're talking about the samples with um are they still looking at the carpet or are they are they not doing that no they're not
1: they're not uh no they're they're all moving away from carpet only in administration areas where there's the the chief and administration of officers at or the ceo of the hospital
0: those are all places they're looking at that okay so let's move away from the hospital what about other community facilities
1: um you mean like secondary education facilities or corporate facilities or all of the above
0: well yeah all of the above i mean you know of course education you know i mean you know people say hospitals and then we go education and then we go corporate offices so i guess let's follow that
1: so corporate offices is still remaining carpet uh they're doing their their main into interior corridor corridors are carpet and their offices are carpet their conference rooms are go and break rooms are still lvt or lvp depending on what they're using And education? Education is, um, we're moving a lot of hard surface in education, secondary education. A lot of LVP and LVT is going into uh, colleges and universities. Uh, Matter of fact, one of the big pushes we've got is in the housing side of the business of colleges, all the rooms are going 100% LVT, mainly because the... Facility can't get in there to clean the the room uh, for an entire year, or at least a minimum of an entire semester. And it's easier to come in and clean LVT than it is to come in and clean carpet after a student's been in there for a full year.
0: Well, you know what I like hearing about all of that, uh, Sean. Is is as we've said. You know, for me, I believe that we can keep a more hygienically clean and safe atmosphere uh, in, in you know um, interior environment whatever you want to say because of hard surfaces rather than soft
1: yeah i agree with that just mainly because people don't know how to clean carpet or don't have the time or the right equipment
0: well we just don't do it
1: don't do it period yeah
0: I, I, i'm sorry to say it that way sean but you know we just don't do it and you know every every time i have a carpet care class you know they go well you know i take care of the broad loom carpet just like I do the carpet tiles. And I go, you do? And how is that you do that? And they start telling me, I said, so really you are. And then we go and get the dual pile lifting machine. And I show them how much dirt is there after one time. And I say, okay, are you ready to pour water on it? Well, no. I said, but see, that's what you would have done if I wouldn't have shown you this. And I think that's what you're saying. We would not do that on a hard surface floor.
1: No, because you can see the dirt laying there.
0: So when we're talking about controlling the pathogens, like we're saying here, and if you're looking to the point of your wife's shoes coming from the hospital and what her shoes carry around, you know, somebody asked me this question because we were talking about the same thing. And I said, so are we going to start doing what the Japanese do? And you know, you leave your shoes at the door.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, would be a good policy to do to have an indoor i mean i have an indoor pair of shoes and outdoor outdoor shoes but that's just something i do because we live on a farm but
0: um so 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 let's explain to the audience here folks i got to take a break here for just a moment i'm gonna come back to you sean we right. have been talking for about a half an hour we are sponsored by jim supply they are a supplier of goods in central florida They have a moniker that says, we improve lives with cleaning supplies. Never has that been so true as it is today. They are challenged just like everybody else about how to get it to you, when to get it. I will tell you this, we get a a daily update from Jim Supply since we're associated with them. And I can tell you that the product is coming in, it's going out, nothing stays hardly in the warehouse anymore. As fast as it comes in, it's going out to you folks, because we know you're on the front lines. So, you know, know, I was talking with uh, Kevin Chow with Triple S yesterday from California, and one of the Mm -hmm. things he was saying is get to know your local distributorship, have a relationship with them, because this is showing you that if you had that relationship, you're probably getting your product a little bit better than the people that are just trying to get an emergency thing taken care of. So, folks want to tell you this afternoon please 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 work with that independent distributor help them help you uh because we're all in this together sean my point that i want to make here is we track things in and we track things through when it comes to floors we're not talking just contaminants that wear floors Mm -hmm. no Yeah, you and I talked about this at the onset of this. Are people, have you seen this happen yet? Because I know we talked about this when this very first started, that we were afraid that people are going to start using really high toxic products and damage on floors. Have you seen that yet?
1: I haven't yet because I haven't been out. I would imagine that I will see that because uh, if just... (laughs) <laughs> it's the natural way that things fly. If a little bit is good, then...
0: Yeah, okay. You yeah, folks, I, I think that every podcast I've done here in the last week, we've we have had our our speakers go in and out because of services. Sean, are you back with me? I yes, think I hear... I'm it. back.
1: I received a phone call, so I had to block it. Uh, uh, this, okay, um, go ahead. Yeah, we... what you know if if a little bit is good more is better and we've always seen that in the the business of cleaning anyway but i think on when we see this we're going to see if two percent solution of bleach is okay this stuff's pretty dangerous i might better bump that up to five or eight percent maybe even ten percent solution i think we're going to see some damage out there
0: definitely yeah and you have to use that b word again don't you
1: yeah oh yeah because that's that kills everything
0: oh yeah sure it kills everything you know the thing is, you know, it's so interesting with all of this, Sean, uh, Daryl and I was talking about this and, you know, there's things that we can have in conversation like this and things I can't write into a certification course, but I find it very interesting that basic soap and water can clean your hands and make your hands safe. Yeah. But yet on every other surface, Soap and water can't do the job. We have to have something like bleach and disinfectants and everything. Has this ever struck you funny?
1: Yeah, well, we bathe with no matter how dirty we are as a human, no matter what we've done during the day, whether working on a car or if you're working in the field or if you're, you know, digging a ditch, whatever, however dirty, you use soap and water to clean. And I don't know. You don't why. go you
0: don't go do you don't go dip yourself in disinfectant, do you? No, you don't dip yourself in disinfectant because it's not necessary. So why are we doing this on floors?
1: I don't know. I, it, <laughs> <there's>, it, <laughs> I don't, know. don't know. I don't know <laughs> the I think mean, it's very good, very good advertising by some of the companies that are out there, like the guy with the bald head that's always talking about how things are got to be clean. And, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I got
0: a bald head.
1: Yeah, I know. What's I, ta- I don't know if I was talking about you or not. No yeah <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's the the advertising industry about that's what's always frustrated me in the carpet business because i was a i've been a carpet guy for the longest part of my career and the last you know eight years i've been in the hard surface but the going down the aisle at one of the box stores whether it be walmart or home depot or lowe's if you go down the cleaning aisle It's just overwhelming at the amount of cleaning chemicals that are there, and you could probably narrow that down to two or three products and some natural products, and you would have more than you would ever need uh, in order to clean things. You
0: know, the thing about it here is, is whenever you're talking about floors, either surface, we carry it in with our feet, and no matter what you've done, the minute somebody, I mean, the instant that somebody steps on that floor, it is now contaminated surface like we've never seen. If, if we actually counted that, we wouldn't do what we're doing. I mean, it just, just think, it's not because of how much is there. I mean, everything's on our hands, too. Correct. But yet, soap and water does it. I think it's so interesting. You can go and take your dishes. You can actually run it through soap and water. And I think here's the interesting point that I always make. What's the magic thing Is called rinse? Yeah. Rinse. That's easy.
1: Well, even if you leave a plate beside the sink for a whole week like I used to do in college, and then you clean it (laughs) and wash wash it with soap and warm water or at least soak it, rinse it off, let it dry, and I'll put food on it right there.
0: Yeah, you rinsed it. That was the key thing.
1: Yeah, I rinsed it.
0: Right, And so so being a guy that's been in the carpet for a long time, wasn't the magic thing rinse, but nobody did?
1: Yeah, nobody did. That was That's 99% of the time when I visit a job, corporate, education, healthcare, if it has to do with carpet, and now it's moving its way over into hard surface, the same exact issue, your floor is not cleaning. I walk in, I take my white terry cloth towel, I dip it in uh, fresh, clean water. And I wipe the surface if it's hard surface or I make a circular motion on carpet and there will always be soap in both situations. So,
0: so, so the whole thing here is no matter what chemistry, um, now I know that predominantly what everybody's talking about these days is above the floor surface. You and I talk about floors right. because what's on surfaces usually is concentrated on the floor. Floors make up 80% to 70, 80% of what a custodian really does in a building. Chemistry always leaves a film, and you and I have talked about this, Sean, more than one time. Simple rinsing, no matter what, chemistry before. Exactly.
1: So, A lot of times with the new technology we talked about last time with carpet, we don't even want any chemistry on the carpet. We just want water.
0: Well, water is chemistry, but we're not talking added chemistry to water.
1: Correct. We don't want to added chemicals to the water. Correct.
0: So now I'm going to throw one back to you because these are the questions that are keep getting asked of me. So as a person from the mill, you know, from the manufacturer, you know, somebody said, okay, so now we've got to change our thoughts. And as you started this conversation this afternoon with technology, technology is working its way back in because electrostatic spraying is the thing right now the other thing that's becoming a part of that conversation is electrolyzed or engineered water that doesn't have the added chemistry Um, from a mill standpoint where is the position on on both of these technologies
1: well you've caught me by surprise because i have not studied either one of those so i wouldn't even i don't know how it works
0: so see here's here's the fact and this is why we have a podcast focus because these are the questions that are going around these are the issues that are going around so what's happening is we're finding that facilities have the surfaces we've thought the process through from one viewpoint but then when they get in there then the maintenance staff has to take care of it and then they look to the manufacturer for what's the warranty on it and what it is and i actually had somebody call me up and say well i can't use engineered water on it because the manufacturer doesn't recommend it
1: huh so they're changing the polarity of the water or they're just removing all minerals almost like a distilled water is that what they're what that is
0: you see, folks, this is why we have the conversations, and I caught him off guard. I'm sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to, but but this is the thing. We are going to be changing the way we're going through further. You as well as a lot of other people are going to have to get up to speed on these technologies. There, There's a number of different ones, Sean. Uh, I don't want to get into all of that this afternoon, uh, but you're talking about engineering water either with a – uh, a salt-based product that creates a, a brine and a hypochlorous acid, which oh. hypochlorous, a, hypochlorous acid is something that your body makes. It's completely safe. Right. Uh, or you're talking about um, aqueous ozone, which are the two popular ones. You know, you're just changing the, basically, if you will, the polarity of the, uh, the liquid so it attaches to and breaks up the soils. Electrostatic spring, of course, is a delivery device that better coats the surfaces. And I'm just giving you the quick and dirty on the on the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are the things that are coming out. You and I, uh, I think, on one of our calls, and I wanted to follow up on this. Uh, if you have something to follow up on, um, you had a challenge of an educational facility that didn't have an auto scrubber, uh, couldn't get the floor clean, was looking for something, and you got a divided mopping solution. Did that help, or where did that go? Well,
1: the mopping bucket is still here in my office, Dave, because the they bought an auto scrubber.
0: <laughs> Very I good.
1: Heard- You and I, I have to use that at another end user and help and work with Gem Supply on that. Or I have to, you know, I I was happy to find out that they went out and somehow or another, I got by pushing them, I guess we got them to go with an auto scrubber. You know?
0: Well, and, 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 and that is great to hear because the whole outcome was that we wanted them to have a better solution rather than just a sloppy, dirty, filthy, stinky mop that left dirty water right correct so i think you know some of this technology we're talking about is not high-tech some of it is and then you and i as we started the conversation this afternoon sean we're learning how to use technology that many of us in our in in our business have never used before
1: yeah i'd like to learn more about the electrostatic and the ozone because those two those two things You're talking about alkalinity with one, and then you're talking about ozone with another, and ozone can change the carpet color based on, I've seen it happen, and where we've had electrical meters in a high-rise condo where they're all in one room and where the air was coming out from under the door actually changed the color of the carpet because of the ozone and the electricity.
0: So I'll say right here on the air, folks, if you're looking for a course to understand technology, the Academy has a whole raft of free courses. All you have to do is go to academyofcleaning.com, go to the left side, the menu, uh, it will have online courses. When you go to the online courses, you go into the campus, there's a resource page and you look for free stuff. And when it says free stuff, guess what? You don't pay. (laughs) A novel idea, huh? Right. So anything that says understanding is typically a free course, Sean. You can go there, you can do it this afternoon, and you can learn what the Academy has to say about these kind of technologies. Now, folks, if you want to go and you want to get a paid course, then after you take the free course and you understand some of it, then you can go to it so if we go to electrostatic spraying there's a free course so you can understand it then there is a certification course if you want to actually be certified to use an electrostatic sprayer in the controlling or if you will the prevention of infectious diseases sean it's been a great time uh, talking with you about technology Uh, any final words before we let you go for the afternoon
1: No, just everybody just follow the protocols that's been given. Keep the distance and uh, stay safe. And we'll get out this on the other side eventually. we just got to get the economy
0: going again. Yeah, take your shoes off maybe and think about it before you go into the building, huh? Exactly. Sean, great talking with you. Check out those free courses, everybody. Um, We do have what we call the Rockstar Custodian Program. I do want to put that out there you can find the information to nominate those frontline people that sean talked about this afternoon the people are working right along with the nursing staff the truckers the cafeteria workers all the people that are keeping things moving even though a lot of us are staying at home RockstarCustodian.com. go there learn what you need to know nominate that rockstar person that you feel is helping in your facility You can find out all of our information. We hope you like and share what we do. We are every afternoon at 1 p.m. for the foreseeable future during this pandemic, we are talking everything about healthy cleaning. Folks, we always say it every time that we leave you, make sure that what you do between now and the time we talk with you again, make sure that you keep it healthy, positive and proactive. Tomorrow afternoon, I've got Ken Horton on the line. He's got some things to say about, wow, they're finally listening to something we've all been saying for years. Let's see what he has to say about it tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. See you then. Thanks a lot for being on the show, Sean. Thank you, Dave.
1: You guys take care, and we'll talk to you
0: soon. We're out of here.